passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eister, back. Waiver Wire Tuesday. Jamie's Week 10 rankings, I think, because it's Week 10, Week 11. It is Week 10, somehow. Okay, Week 10. Somehow we've made it to Week 10. All of that here on today's show. Hope everyone is having a great start to their week. Before we get into our normal Waiver Wire discourse here on a Tuesday, do have to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Listen. I know baseball season's over, but there's still basketball season that's underway. Hockey's underway. Football's still underway. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. And if you use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B L E A V 50, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We start the waiver wire conversation. What a great transition, with Chris. The quarterbacks. What a I'm segue. a professional. I am a professional. Uh, we start with the quarterbacks. And, Jamie, it's nice to see here. And listen, I'm, we're transparent. I have We use Fantasy Pros' waiver wire rankings to at least give us a launching off point uh, for each of these positions. None of the quarterbacks listed here owned in more than 25% of leagues. So these are guys that are probably available in all of your leagues. Now, I don't know if Jamie's going to tell you to pick any of them up. I don't think I'm going to tell you to pick any of them up. But here we go. Trey Lance, one. Teddy Bridgewater, two. Taylor Heineke, three. Mac Jones, four. Ben Roethlisberger, five. The pride of Floral Park. Mike White, six. No. Skip. I didn't think so. I didn't think so because I'm uh, out on all these guys. So, so okay. I guess there's two names to at least discuss. One, the Trey Lance. I get it. I, I get wanting to hold on to him and seeing. You know, at some point, he's going to end up getting start. He's going to end up starting, but like not right now. Like Garoppolo played fine relatively right, you, last week. But you, but you said it right there. If you already have Trey Lance, I can understand keeping him on your roster. But I cannot see a scenario in which you are going to use one of your top waiver claims this week to go out and get Trey Lance. Just Correct. doesn't make any sense. And, and as far as like, even if you're doing a stream, I guess that the, the player that has the highest ranking for me this week would be Taylor Heineke. Uh, at QB 18, but I do not have any of these guys inside of my top 15 this week. So uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be excited by any of them. Uh, honestly, I would rather take a flyer on, on picking up Taysom Hill and seeing if he starts this week over any of these guys. Cause if Taysom Hill does start, he is a borderline QB one. So because of the, if, yeah, yeah, because of the rushing and all the other stuff that, you know, that comes along with him. And he's got, you know, he faces off in Tennessee this week. Um, I have him as my QB 13. 
So it's one of those scenarios. And look, Taysom Hill averaged more than 21 fantasy points per game as a starter last year. It wasn't great for anybody else on the Saints, but it was pretty good for Taysom Hill. Remember that one game you got to use him as a tight end, too? That was fun. That was uh, fun. And call it all times. that chaos last year. But uh, I would take a chance on Taysom Hill, who is not listed here over any of these six quarterbacks. So I got to tell you, Jamie, the running back group this week, I think there's some fascinating conversations to be had here. These are the top five names here. Ramondre Stevenson, Jordan Howard, Ty Johnson, Eno Benjamin, Carlos Hyde. Can we start with Eno Benjamin? Just because of the, you have the Chase Edmonds news that he's going to miss a couple of weeks with that ankle. When Chase Edmonds was healthy, him and James Conner, I don't want to say split because it wasn't directly down the middle, but they were both on the field. They were both an active part of the offense. I just see everything sliding up a little bit. James Conner takes the Chase Edmonds role. Eno Benjamin takes the James Conner role. And I think Eno's going to be on the field. I don't know if I'd run to the waiver rider, pick him up, but he is going to be utilized more. Yeah, he'll get some opportunities, but I, I'm I'm waiting to see. I just think this is going to be more of James Connors now flirting with RB1 territory uh, in the meantime type of a thing. Uh, look, th- the role that Chase Edmonds played is not going to truly be replaced by either one of these guys. Uh, that's not their skill sets in particular. But, you know, I, I look at how this could shake out. And to me, if you're in a super deep league and you have a lot of bench spots, I guess it's worth a shot. But I cannot see a scenario where you're actually starting, you know, Benjamin. Like, like that's the problem. Like, what is what needs to happen over the next two weeks or three weeks to say, I'm going to put Eno Benjamin in my RB2 spot or a flex spot over a receiver? I just can't see it happening. It would take a James well, it, Conner injury, I, would, I mean, I would assume, which again, is not about possibility. But if you're just going to pick up guys speculating on injury, I still don't think Eno Benjamin would be first. So uh, I, I get why he's here. He is not somebody I feel like you need to add. Is there somebody here that you do feel that you need to go out and add of this group? Uh, yes, Ty Johnson needs to be rostered in more leagues, uh, more than 17%. He's got a clear role in the passing game. Him and Michael Carter are both getting significant workloads. Uh, the Jets are still not very good, so they're going to be down in a lot of games. They're going to be throwing it, uh, and whether it's Mike White or Josh Johnson or Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson or Chad Pennington or Joe Namath or whoever's throwing the ball there, uh, the running backs are getting heavily involved. I know Corey Davis is supposed to come back this week. I still imagine that there's going to be plenty of work for all of the, the top two running backs, which again will be Carter and Ty Johnson. He needs to be owned in more rosters. And I don't know what to do here with Jordan Howard. Like Jordan Howard is like the poor man's poor man's Nick Chubb. And what I mean by that is. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Poor man's poor man's Nick. So, okay. A lot of times I'll say like Damian Harris is the poor man's Nick Chubb. And like Jordan Howard's like the poor man who's also like even more down on his luck version of Damian Harris. Like he's got a high touchdown probability. I don't know who that's more insulting to the poor man or to Jordan (laughs) Howard in this scenario, but continue because here's the deal. If Jordan Howard doesn't score a touchdown, he's absolutely going to sink your fantasy team. Like he's going to just absolutely sink you. But I can't not acknowledge that he has a high probability of scoring relative to a player you can grab off of waivers. Um, So to me, I am, if you are really, 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 really RB needy, that's me. I'm okay with that. I can't see me throwing him in a flex spot over a lot of wide receiver options. Uh, I look at him like for this next week in particular, I have Jordan Howard as the RB 30. Like that's kind of where I feel he should be. So you'd have, you know, there are, depending on the size of your league, he could be a player for you. But I would say in a, in a 12 team PPR format, 
uh, where you're playing two running backs and you have one flex. Like I just can't see him sneaking in there. But if you play in a 16 team league, maybe multiple flexes, I think it's worthwhile there. But again, he's just somebody that he absolutely needs a touchdown to have any fantasy relevant because he's not going to catch the ball. He's going to be splitting time with Scott and gain well. But again, he's got a good chance to score a touchdown. So. Yeah, well, I'm uh, last night gave me uh, no confidence. Uh, it's a vote of no confidence for me of Khalil Herbert having a role now that David Montgomery is yeah. back. So I am looking for some running back help this week. So I will. Yeah, be, so uh, much for that, by the way. Yeah, so much yeah, for I, Khalil Herbert having a significant role alongside and and thinking. Okay, well, David Montgomery's first game back, they're going to eat. Nope, but Montgomery looked good. Can't complain about no, that. He it's, really it's, good. Yeah, it's just as somebody who has Khalil Herbert, I'm not going to sit around and find out. Like I'm no, not. No, and they're on a bye this coming week too. So if you're going to like, I, again, I will say it this way. You don't have to drop Khalil Herbert, but don't be afraid to drop Khalil Herbert for somebody that can help your fantasy team because obviously he's not playing next week because of the bye. And again, let's talk about this. Do you feel confident starting him in week 11? I, I, I probably don't. No. Baltimore, by the way, they're back home against Baltimore in week 11. Um, anything else here in the running back group before we get to wide receivers? I'm intrigued with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I just, again, um, I think he's probably worthy of an ad for a dollar or zero dollars type of a thing. I just, again, I just don't know when you're going to feel confident ever playing him. Like, I just don't trust anybody other than Damien Harris, his role in New England. Because, I mean, Stevenson's been in the doghouse, has been out of the doghouse. He's clearly the second most talented running back on that roster that's healthy right now. I don't think there's any debate about that, but... Whether or not that's going to continue to be utilized in a workload sense, I don't know. Belichick wide stuff. Res- wide receivers. Listen, fantasy pros, we need to have a conversation. Rashad Bateman and Brandon Ayuk being in the top two names on this list. We've talked about Rashad Bateman for weeks on this podcast. Not yeah, I feel like it. these are all the same names we always talk about. So let's talk Rashad about some Bateman. different names. So hold on. Can I read you the top five? Because yeah, we need top five. Absolutely accurate. I'm staring Rashad at Bateman, it. Bateman, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Moore, Van Jefferson, Michael Gallup. And you know what? I'll go to number six because a Jamie yeah, Eisner Patrick, fan favorite, Tim Patrick. So, I mean, these are the same six names that we talk about uh, on the show all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's the same deal here. Rashad Bateman still only being rostered in 30% of leagues is – is still a surprise to me. Um, Ayuk's now at least fantasy relevant again. Um, I'm still a little dubious, but I'm not not dubious on the talent. If you remember from the offseason show, I'm a big Brandon Ayuk fan, but it's taking him a while to get out of that doghouse. But this is back-to-back weeks now of him looking pretty good here. Uh, Elijah Moore absolutely needs to be on your bench somewhere. Yes. As does Van Jefferson, as does Michael Gallup, at least for a uh, flyer mode. Russell, Russell Gage down at eight, I think. Yeah, he's in he's in the conversation. Donovan Peoples-Jones in the conversation. Um, I, you know, I just, there are a lot Deshaun of like, Jackson, Jamie, everybody wants no. to run to the waiver wire to pick up Deshaun Jackson. No, Deshaun Jackson is literally a best ball only player at this point. So if you, you drafted him at the end of your bench, you, you, maybe you'll get something from him, but you want to tell the people again about Jamal Agnew. No, they know. Um, okay. All right. Sorry. Agnew's there. I'm not rushing. So for guys, I should say this. I'm not rushing to the waiver wire for. Uh, Olamid Zacchaeus is one I'm not rushing to the waiver wire for. Um, just I, I know obviously he had the two touchdown game, but he still snap wise, routes wise is significantly behind a couple of the other guys there, including Taji Sharp. So uh, you kind of know like this is, it, this is literally the exact same name every week on the list. But Elijah Moore and Van Jefferson need to be on roster somewhere, as does Rashad Bateman, as we continue to say over and over and over again the tight end list Lo- logan a lot Thomas of the same here one. too by the way tyler but, uh, logan, number two 
Yeah, I mean, look, Logan Thomas is the I know he's owned in, in 50 percent of leagues, but that's more of a hey reminder, um, likely coming off IR this week. So uh, get him back. If he does come off of IR, he obviously is a, a, right back in tight end one territory. So make sure you grab him. Uh, Evan Ingram, again, I'm intrigued uh, still by him as an option. Dan Arnold continues to have some success. Conklin's been solid, uh, but that's really it. Like it's been the same names here. This means we get to go to your rankings. We, we get to do. discuss those here as the waiver wire portion of the program is closed. And we go to quarterbacks where we start our rankings discussion. Uh, your top five this week, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. Uh, I think you've already mentioned what I think is probably the thing that people will look at right away. Taysom Hill as quarterback 13. You just Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts being 12 and 13 just right next to each other because they're basically the same player in terms of what they provide for you fantasy value. Uh, uh, is interesting. Uh, Jamie, other than that, I, obviously, I think it's important to note you have Russell Wilson as QB 10 because it certainly looks like he's making his return uh, this weekend against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that's really the big takeaways I have. Is there anything that you want to point out here on this list? Only a couple things here. There's two things in particular. One of them, and you've already kind of touched on it, is quarterbacks coming back um, from injury that I, I believe have a strong chance to play. Kyler Murray, QB 5. Uh, Russell Wilson, QB 10. Uh, so those are some kind of names to keep an eye on there. If Tua comes back and plays on Thursday night, he's my QB 17. Um, and I guess the only other one that might surprise people is Patrick Mahomes, QB 8. Um, it's been a rough stretch for him fantasy, real life-wise for several weeks, but fantasy-wise for a few weeks as well. Uh, you know, it, it, he's got a – the Raiders have played him tough. Uh, now, I still think he's I, – I can't imagine a scenario where you're benching him because I, can, I can't see you having a team that has like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, I guess it's possible you have Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford or Mahomes and Brady. I think that that's not out of the realm of possibility given where their ADPs were. But odds are you're starting him again. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'm assuming he's back this week. We'll see. We'll find out on Saturday. But he would be QB9. Uh, we go to the running backs, Jamie, and I will tell you that this is starting to look like what it should look like when we started the season, right? If we had, you know, we visioned what after 10 weeks this would look like. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor up there at the top. Najee Harris being up as our, at RB3, we've talked about just how good he has been throughout the season. Yep. But Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, the names that we expected to be here in the top 10 are here. Uh, maybe Cordell Patterson being 10 is probably <laughs> yeah. a surprise. But, but we, after the way the last couple August of me would have been a little surprised by that one, yes. But, uh, but I, I look at this group, Jamie, and I think what's fascinating to me is the, is the group of running backs that you have from 13 to like 20. 22 is the group that I'm fascinated with. James Conner, Swift, Fournette. The there, are, there are names here, Jamie, when I look at them and I go, oh, that person could have a good week. Oh, that person could have a good week. Now, you're rolling the dice with a lot of these guys because they haven't been very consistent. It's why they're down here on these rankings. But, you know, we, Melvin Gordon still finds himself inside the top 20. Uh, James Robinson, you're, you're going to try, aren't you, to just keep James Robinson uh, as relevant as possible. It's not me. He's just got to get on the field. He's been fine. He's just got to play. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have the easiest matchup of all time uh, going up against Indianapolis's run defense. But uh, if he's out there, he's still worthy of at least being an RB2 for you. Uh, I, I guess in this group, some of the names I mentioned, James Conner at 13, uh, really, really excited about him this week. I think he's a basically a must start uh, across the board in all formats. Uh, Miles Gaskin's been a little bit better lately as well. He comes in at 20. And maybe the name that probably surprises people down here at, at RB21 coming off the bye week, Antonio Gibson. It's not having a good season. 
Uh, I, I have him in one of my in my league with a lot of my college buddies, and he's been incredibly disappointing uh, this year. He's clearly not healthy. We all know that, but uh, that's affected his workload. Obviously, this entire offense has been out of sorts. Uh, I I can't fully get to the point of on board with benching him yet, but I, I think at this point my expectations for him are just – Please give me just RB2 numbers at least. Uh, I'm, I'm not expecting RB1 numbers from him anymore. Then we kind of have this like weird group of players that like I feel really strange about everybody from 22 uh, to about 30, 31 here. And that's like Elijah Mitchell, 22, got a lot of work last week, even despite the ribs injury, despite the return of Jeff Wilson. But I do expect Wilson to get, as he gets more up to speed, to eat into Mitchell's workload a little bit here. Uh, and obviously Rams are not a fun matchup on Monday Night Football either you know Alex Collins at 23 is we'll have to see Pete Carroll said he wants to get Chris Carson back on the practice field on Wednesday so if Chris Carson plays obviously this will be you know right about ish of the range where uh, I would have Chris Carson maybe a couple spots higher Javante Williams who looked really really good um Last week had some really monster runs and look, I know everyone's calling for Williams to get more work over Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon's look pretty good too. This is a, this is a been a good problem for Denver to have, but again, it just the Javante Williams stock for 2022 is through the roof. Like he's he's going as an RB one in fantasy drafts next year. Whether he should or not, we'll determine once I do my research. But uh, he's going as an RB one in drafts next year. I, I can't imagine a scenario where he's not going in the top 12. Can you, Chris? Um, no, probably especially if Melvin leaves. Right, if Melvin. Goes someplace well, yeah, well, else. he's a free agent, so he's there's no way they're signing him. I, I'm just saying, like the moment that that news hits that Melvin Gordon signs with a blank team, there's going to be a lot of people that go, "Oh, move Javante Williams up the board, right?" And so, just based on that alone, you're going to start to have this conversation. And by the way, it's we're in week ten. We know what this backfield is going to look like. They're both going to just basically split it. Like it, it's not changing anytime soon. It's working. They're both successful. Like it, it's nothing's changing on that front. So I don't expect it to here down the stretch. So Chris, can I completely derail the show for a second? Absolutely. Okay. So here's what I want to talk about now because I, I'm curious. So based on where we are now on November 9th, I want to talk about okay. here. How many of these running backs would you personally? Okay. For next year, next season. Okay, you're in a fantasy draft. You're picking PPR, 12 team. Yeah, I say half PPR, 12 team. Okay. You know, we're talking first couple rounds here because all, all of the RB1s will be off the, the board in the first two rounds. So okay. how many of these guys uh, stop? So I'm just going to say name versus Javante Williams next year. Under the assumption Javante Williams is the RB1 there. Marvin Gordon doesn't come back. They don't bring in somebody else comparable. Blah, 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 blah. Um, let's not even let's just assume they have a league average quarterback. Like, let's not even okay. assume they get Aaron Rodgers or, or Russell Wilson or somebody like that, which obviously would be a huge boost in entire offense. But let's just talk about right now. OK, Dalvin Cook. OK, OK. You would take Dalvin Cook first. Yes. I'm yes. OK. Jonathan I was just going to stop you with the name. Yeah. OK. Keep going. OK. So Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Christian okay. McCaffrey. No, keep going. Najee Harris. Keep going. Nick Chubb. Austin Eckler. Keep going. Keep going. Alvin Kamara. Keep going. Aaron Jones. Keep Ezekiel going. Ezekiel Elliott. Keep going. Joe Mixon. All right. Now we got to stop. You got to stop okay. right about here. Okay. I think this, so, I think this is this is the I'm range where I start any other to names. entertain this. So before I, I – so, okay. So we have nine names so far. If, just let me know. I'm just going to throw out a few other names and see if there's anybody else that you would take here. Um, Cordell Patterson. No. Leonard Fournette. No. Saquon. No. David Montgomery. No. Chris Carson. No. 
Derrick Henry. Yes. We forgot that name. Sorry. Because I forgot because yeah, I'm looking at the rest of the season. So that's 10 names. Yeah. Um, so he's right. He's right Isaiah, where you thought uh, okay. he was. Okay. Kenneth Walker. Oh, see, you know what you're doing here because you know how much I love Kenneth Walker. I got to know where he's going. Like, I can't. I got to know where is, Kenneth is. Is there playing. a place that he could go that you would rank him over Javante Williams? Is there a place that he could go? So, if we, like. Like if we we look at some, if we want to talk about like RB need. Oh, by the way, two other names we can talk about: Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. Either one of those guys are you taking over? I would take Javante. Well, there's obviously the there's the, obviously the injury concerns because they're coming off major injuries. Yeah. But the body assuming of work, they're cleared, they're still coming off I'm major t- injuries. But assuming they're cleared, I would take both of them both, over. Okay, Javante Williams. He's so right it, where you thought he would be. He's right at the. He's in the conversation for RB one. Yeah. So I'm just it, uh, RB teams. So because whether it's, whether it's Spiller or Kenneth Walker or Zach whatever Charbonnet. Charbonnet, like who, who, I mean, if the, the obvious options for running backs, at least off the top of my head right now are Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Miami, Houston. That's really it. I'm trying to see if there's well, any, I, any well, place else. I have Atlanta, Tankathon maybe? open. Okay. Atlanta, yeah, but, maybe. But Atlanta's right now picking 19. I don't see them doing that in the first well, round. I'm so about, I, no, but zero running backs are going in the first round of the, of the real-life draft. These are all second-round picks. I, I, I want to make a bet? I'll make a bet right now. So wait a minute. Under 0.5 running backs in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. If Buffalo is picking from that twenty-eight to thirty-two range, I, I, I know where they're picking. I could, I could. I don't see care if they're picking them. thirty-two. They're not taking a running back under. So you're going to set it at point five? Yeah, point five. Zero running backs going round one of the two thousand twenty-two NFL draft. Real life. I'll, t- I'll take it. it it's, okay. I'm, I, it's, it's a loser for me, but I'll take it just for the sweat. Yeah, you're used to it. Yeah, um, it so sweat. all of those things are are in the equation. Um, so, okay. So, but let's say, so if this Kenneth Walker or Spiller or Charbonnet or any of these guys. I still don't think any of them go above Javante. Go above them. So right no. now, that's RB13. So that's yeah. a fun little exercise, but like just, just something to keep in mind. And listen, of, listen, I Saquon stands. Okay. Listen, Saquon stands. When he's on the field, you let me know. Okay. Well, yeah. So here's this. Saquon will go above Javante and ADP. He shouldn't. I'm not sure I'm going to, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't. Well, I probably won't take him. I'll feel a little bit better when he's on the field and another year removed, but uh, I think it's way closer than people like he's going to go. Saquon's going in the first round again next year. And I'm just going to like throw my hands I up. Just, and I'm like, I'm like, well, okay, it's not me, but that's RB 13. So we're talking about him being a second round pick in fantasy drafts next year and and i don't think so. that's unreasonable by the way. no I don't, I don't either i'm just just because i know that's been talked about so much i kind of sure. actually wanted to run through that so thank you for indulging me on, on that conversation so right Absolutely. now rb13 but yes uh it'll be fascinating to see where we place any of these rookie running backs because obviously there's not the Najee harris there's not the uh you know player of that caliber um, oh by the way bring- on the one more thing before we completely end this derail are you sure you're going to have cam Akers above him are you sure there's not going to be more of a timeshare with Dale Henderson? Because Henderson's been playing pretty well this year. 
he is your, uh, I believe he was your RB 11 this week. Um, yeah. And he has been playing pretty well. That's a fair point that maybe I would probably have Javante above him because even if Cam, it, I could very easily be like, listen, we want to take it slow with Cam coming off a big injury. We're going to slowly get him back into and the offense. Achilles, right? Like that's right. A and, the Achilles and, timeline and the numbers coming back are not anywhere nearly as promising as the ACL numbers, at least at this again, stage of, of surgeries. Can you blame them with the way Daryl Henderson has been playing that to take it slow with Cam Akers? No, I couldn't blame them for a second for doing it that yeah, way. So, yeah, you're right. I, take, I don't think I could take Akers as an RB1 next year. I'll take him as an RB2. But at least at this stage, I don't think I could take him as an RB1. Can we get back to your rankings and kind of go through these very quickly here? You have yes, wide, we have sorry. wide receivers and tight ends. No, that's okay. Wide receivers and tight I know you have ends. Another, Chris has a, behind the scenes. Chris has another podcast he has to do after this, and I just six, that's why six I minutes from now. Him here. Six minutes from now. So we gotta we gotta fire this thing off. Um, not a whole lot I think that stands out here in the wide receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup, your wide receiver one. Just want to yeah. point that out there. Stays no, you uh, know what? <laughs> stays up there uh, as wide receiver one. Uh, Debo Samuel up to wide receiver six. Marquise Brown wide receiver seven. Uh, Keenan Allen wide receiver ten. I'm just looking at where you differ from consensus yeah, rankings it, the most. Of note, Antonio Brown seems to still be in a walking boot. So um, that's good news for Evans and Godwin in a great matchup against Washington. They're both ranked as top five wide receivers for me. Um, assuming Antonio Brown doesn't play, they should both put up monster numbers. Timeout. We got to have a conversation here. Okay. There's nobody on this show that bigger Michael Pittman Jr. stand than I am. Okay. Yeah. You have him wide receiver 20. Okay. I think I think extremely reasonable. Okay. The expert consensus rankings on Michael Pittman Jr. is an eight. Uh, that, well, that's just wrong. Eight? Wide receiver eight. 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 No, I'm not pipe. So wide receiver eight means you're putting him over guys like Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Godwin Evans, Devontae Adams, Cup, Keenan Allen. Like, there's too many good guys up there. I love Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's not. Michael Pittman's probably gonna have a big week. I wide receiver twenty. He's gonna have a big week. Jacksonville but sucks. I, no, so I'm I, so but, I'm scrolling through, and you know how I do this. I look for where you differ the most because I think those are interesting talking points. And I I saw a minus twelve, and I'm like, wow, Jamie's really low on somebody. Yeah, and then I saw who it was, and I was like, no, Jamie's perfectly fair. In well, this. Do, do keep in mind too, it's early, and a lot of people don't aren't insane like me and have their fantasy rankings done at this point for the following I say yeah, done fair. like they continue to be fluid and I move them around and I projection so uh, a lot more experts will jump into the pool over the next couple days and, and I imagine he's going to be close he's going to be a wide receiver too when it's all said and done he, he should not be wide receiver eight as much as can I love Michael to, Pittman Jr. Can we go to tight ends to close this out here? Or is there any wide receiver that you want to at least mention to the people? Uh, I'm curious about the the New Orleans group. Uh, Traquan Smith at 31, Marquez Calloway 38, Deontay Harris at 45. Like, I think there's some value in there for some of those guys. So I would keep an eye on them, particularly Traquan Smith. Uh, on the tight end side, uh, it looks a lot more normal. Now, I'm projecting, at least in these rankings, that we will get a return of Dawson Knox, a return of Rob Gronkowski, a return of Logan Thomas, and return of Noah Fant. Obviously, those are how they work out in my rankings now. But look, the top four the top four. Uh, as much as things have been crazy this season, it's the same four from the beginning. Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Kittle. We can talk about the order, but... Uh, I'm glad to see George Kill had that finally that big game because he wasn't having a great season even prior to that injury. Uh, but I'm glad that he had a big game. Mike Jacecki continues to put up numbers. Uh, if Dawson Knox is back, he's going to smoke your Jets, Chris. So get him back in your lineup if he ends up playing. Again, that's no guarantee. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is looking a little bit more. I guess Pat Fryermuth would be the one after another big game on Monday Night Football, all the way up to tight end 14 to me. Like he's a he's a borderline tight end one at this point going forward. 
Um, I will note that I have Dawson Knox and Kyle Pitts in the same league. And in, in, I think it was week four or week five. Yeah. I switched it. I put Pitts on the bench and I played Dawson Knox. If Dawson is good this week, I might do the same thing because it has I just would. been – it's painful. It is painful to put Kyle Pitts in the lineup and just watch him not get utilized the way that he should. It's just – it hurts. It's just painful. So Dawson Knox probably will draw the assignment if he is uh, available and ready to go uh, this week for me. But you are right. The top four starting to feel a little bit more um, normal in, in terms of the names that we're seeing up there. Uh, and that'll be something to, to keep an eye on. Yes, Jamie Durrell so is one last thing here to close the show. I want to show with just to kind of when we talk about um, just to basically the, the filibuster. So you missed the start of your next show. No, thank uh, you. When we talk about like average point totals and, you know, I'll say like a lot of times at quarterback or the top four tight ends and I'll say something like, oh, well, they're not putting up as many numbers as they used to or like quarterbacks, you're just looking for 20 points. You know, you'll hear me say things like that throughout the week. Uh, I just want to give you the updated uh, points average for the top four positions. So quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends right now through the first nine weeks of the season. Okay. Okay. So the average quarterback score, okay, for all passers in fantasy. So they basically assuming everybody that passes the ball on a team is one quarterback. So it, it doesn't count for the rare, you know, wide receiver pass or things like that. Uh, the average quarterback score is eighteen point nine two fantasy points per week. Okay, the average running back score in half PPR eighteen point eight one fantasy points for all running backs by the way so we're talking about all running backs on a team um so uh, same thing with wide receivers 22.83 for all wide receivers the average tight end score this is why i want to bring this up this year 7.68 oof the tight end production this year has been and everything else has been fairly consistent like you look at the running back and receivers the running backs will always be in that like 19 ish points range receiver 22 23 but the two that i think are are particularly notable because really there's rarely do teams have multiple great great tight ends and teams don't have multiple great quarterbacks is obviously you want to get above 18.91 fantasy points above that average as we always talk about that's why i kind of use 20 points as that kind of like threshold 7.68 points is the average fantasy points given up to all collective tight ends on average this year it is brutal it is brutal and it's uh, and right- funny that it's brutal when w- it feels like on a yearly basis, we have this conversation of, oh, you know, tight ends, they don't put their hand in there. They're not blocking anymore. They're these big weapons in the offense. They do. And then you look at, and I know fantasy real life, it doesn't, it's not a one-to-one correlation, but you're not seeing that production happen this season. It, it, it is interesting. Yeah. And if you look at just simply like the average fantasy points per game, even for these top guys, like it, it, we're, we're talking right now, like if you had to guess, Chris, how many guys are averaging double digit fantasy points per game in the tight end position and half PPR? Two. No, it's a little bit more than that. It's seven. But OK, it's the the leader is Travis Kelsey, which doesn't check anybody at 13.1. No. So it's yeah. It's- so and this is what I'm saying. Like this is the the downfall of some of this. By the way, the the 13.1 from a wide receiver equivalent uh, is equal to Terry McLaurin, who is do, doing math on the show. Four, five, six, eight, eight. eighteen. Mm-hmm. 
So okay. Kelsey would be the wide receiver 18 right now in fantasy points per game, which again, isn't terrible, but we were talking last year about where he ranked uh, as like a tight end. I believe it was eight uh, or something like he would have been like the wide receiver eight or wide receiver six or something. Uh, when we talked about his ranking last year, which was made him such a, a tremendous asset for, for example, like last year, he was at 15 and a half points per game. And George Kittle's at 13.3 in the six starts that he had uh, at times. This was in the same span of weeks one to week nine. So we're seeing a significant drop off, even from the top guys, which is really hurting all the rankings. That's it. We are done. We are out of here. Waiver wire rankings, Jamie's week 10 rankings. We've got through them all. We're back Sunday night post week 10 action to discuss everything that happened uh, from the fantasy football perspective. Uh, Jamie's rankings updated throughout the week. All sorts of fantasy content over at the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media to ask you all of their fantasy football related questions? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. And again, the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab is where you can get all of Jamie's fantasy content. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.